Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Movies, a self-explanatory podcast. My name is Daniel Berrios and today I'm going to be covering Family Dinner. It's a new horror movie. It's premiering as I speak right now in Tribeca, the Tribeca Film Festival in New York. I think this is part of their midnight program. I'm pretty sure it's playing as I'm recording. A horror movie is about a 15-year-old girl who goes to her aunt's house for Easter weekend. The girl is plus size and she's looking to lose some weight. Just so happens her aunt is a famous nutritionist, and so she's going to get some help, but whenever she starts spending the week over there, she finds that the aunt is pretty regimented and icy and can't really be trusted, so there's a lot of horror movie elements that start crawling in there. Uh, The girl named Simi, or Simone, she's played by Nina Kathleen in her debut performance, which I'll have way more to say on that later, but damn, I really loved her in this film. Uh, the aunt named Claudia is played by Pia Hiaziga. You got her boyfriend or husband, the movie doesn't really uh, say for sure, uh, Stefan, played by Michael Pink, and Claudia's son, uh, Philip, or Philippe, played by Alexander Sladek. It's a very small cast because it's a very small movie. A lot of it takes place in sort of these isolated woods. Whenever I show up, whenever the movie opens, it's Simi showing up to this house. And it's surrounded, I mean, surrounded by trees. I wouldn't be surprised if it was near the Black Forest. Uh, Surrounded by trees. She pulls up to this sort of complex. And the first thing I'm seeing is this gigantic wall. And given how tall Simi is, she's not that short. So I'm thinking... The wall must be like twice her size. It could be like eight, nine, ten feet even. Big black doors. So it's this feeling whenever you go into the house, a lot of these windows seem to have like extra bars on top of them. It almost feels like a prison. And so right away, once the movie starts, you know, there's no warm welcome for her. She just kind of stumbles in into these like gray, dark, muted house and it's always kind of creepy. You never really know what's up in this thing. And that's the best way I can sort of describe Family Dinner. You know, the movie starts with a, with a name like Family Dinner. And the font is in big, bold, red letters as soon as you see the title. And it takes like five seconds. Like, it's a horror movie. You kind of know what this movie's about. I would expect this to be more bombastic or shocking or more in my face but what I loved about this thing and what I loved about uh, Peter Hengel's work this is his first feature by the way debut feature for him too director writer I love the patience this thing has I love that it's never it knows how to like it knows how to pace itself it takes its time It's suffocating with the atmosphere. It never feels like there's a moment of sunlight in this film. Like, at all. The most warm light I'm gonna see is candlelight, and that's barely there. You know, it's it's either candlelight or a refrigerator light bulb. But that's kind of the feeling I'm getting, this sinking weight. It almost feels like there's no escape from a place like this. And... 
everything in it is always shrouded in mystery or darkness or I always expect something to come around the corner. It always feels like somebody's watching me in this thing. And that's just the atmosphere that I'm in. And that type of environment allows the actors to play. And God, I love this ensemble. Nina Kathleen, as this 15-year-old who is, you know, the movie doesn't totally dwell on why she wants to lose the weight. She It doesn't go into this gigantic monologue of what she's doing. I mean, I can gather some clues. She seems like someone who's been trying to get this weight loss done for a while she's meticulous she does research i mean her aunt's the nutritionist she's got the aunt's book and it's covered in notes so it lets me know okay this is somebody who wants to do this the right way somebody who's really thought about this this doesn't feel impulsive so to speak and she's also so it's somebody who's smart it's somebody who focuses on the details it's somebody who has a goal in mind she's ambitious but she's also highly insecure and i like that a lot of the motivation for why she wants to lose the weight or why she wants the aunt's help is really established just through small little scenes little adjustments of kathleen's face and her posture and honestly it's the words she doesn't say that really sells me on why she really wants to go on this journey to where whenever the aunt starts reluctantly kind of letting her in because at first you know the aunt's standoffish she's like look we're about to hit easter weekend we've got this private family event going on you really can't stay that long but as the movie progresses and as aunt claudia starts to open her heart or her I guess, uh, let her guard down in front of Simi, that's when we start going from this sort of uh, really icy environment to this more sinister, manipulative environment. I loved Pia Hiaziga in this because she is equally warm and loving and inviting and she seems like she really cares mostly about her son, treats her son like a king, almost in an infantilizing way there's a lot of infantilization that comes around the men in this movie i've noticed uh, especially the son that relationship is uh it almost seems like she's in her mind he's eternally four years old or like two years old even but uh she's so sweet and loving and yet at the same time she's the one that says like okay you want to go on this diet well you have to join the easter fast that me and my husband are doing so you can't eat for a week and one of the things i loved about this is that not being able to eat for a week it's just built into the dna of the movie the sound mix once you hear uh simmy's stomach growling it just hurts with every growl it sounds like it's like paining her more and more and that's one of the great things i loved about this thing is just the sound is so right on certain parts there'll be some gross shit that goes down and you hear all the squelching and the sloshing around of fluids and whatever stuff is there and it's like i don't know it got under my skin even with something even coming from a laptop speaker I felt those little details kind of get under my skin. 
And I feel like a lot of this movie is built to just get under your skin little by little to the point where the tension feels like it's being ratcheted up with the precision of like a clock second hand. And it moves so slow, but it never lets up. It's almost like uh, how they mentioned that a frog will allow itself to be boiled if you crank up the temperature just a little bit at a time instead of throwing them in a pot of boiling water. That's kind of what this movie feels like. And a lot of this reminded me of Hereditary. A lot of this reminded me of like Ari Aster's films. There's definitely some pagan uh, imagery coming out of this. A lot of the religious uh, imagery of like the Germanic pagan religions or uh, instead of celebrating Easter as a Christian tradition, it's Asta or the older way of doing it. A lot of like bunny imagery with the hair and stuff like that like if you have like ideas of runes and potentially like witch witchy stuff in your brain or like wood people i can't really explain it like they've got like this bonfire thing i don't know if you've watched a cult movie in your life or a forest culture like a woodland cult thing you're kind of getting those vibes and a lot of that stuff which is kind of reminding me of the pagan stuff in uh Midsommar especially and Hereditary it's all like especially Hereditary because so much of the screen is covered in blackness to where I feel like they're handing me a crumb of light you know and it's just focused on someone's hand holding a stair banister you know or just like one little flash that maybe outlines someone's silhouette but in otherwise it's total complete fucking darkness and I don't know, just that mood, it always keeps me on edge. It's always making me look in the darkest parts of the screen to see what might pop up. Because, you know, if you've watched Hereditary, you know you got to look all over the screen. And in this one, it felt like I had to look all over the screen too. But it also felt that the movie was kind of closing in. These are a lot of tighter shots. These are a lot of closer shots. And I'm just... Again, it really is just something about the tension. It's something about the atmosphere. It's something about the mise-en-scene, where you're at, and how everything goes down, uh, or how everything's presented, kind of gives me hints as to how this whole thing is going to go down. And unlike Hereditary, which you know will have those incredibly shocking, just blunt, in-your-face, you-can't-escape, scary moments... This movie never really goes there. It never... And I, for some people, I think that might be a fault. That might remind them of something like It Comes at Night from Trevor Schultz. But for me, I liked the commitment to that energy. I liked that this movie remained sort of grounded the whole time. And it was really the interactions between the characters that proved the most disturbing in terms of how they were gonna go along with this uh, if I'm going specifics uh, I don't know there's a lot of uh, it, I like that this movie has elements of coming of age especially with the reasons that Nina wants to lose weight there's definitely her discovering sexuality and uh, more more specifically I think what uh, she would like to be as in terms of like a sexual being 
uh, discovering herself as that, as somebody that can be desired. I noticed a lot of her uh, sort of like wishing she could be that kind of person. I'm noticing that uh, she very much admires her aunt. She sees her aunt as this uh, bastion, as sort of like, she can do it so I can do it too. You know, the aunt is, is fit and she's making this delicious food, by the way. As a nutritionist, I mean, she's just coming in like with the meat and the cherry tomatoes and the fresh herbs. And she's saying that everything's organic. And whenever she's cooking the food, you can, again, with the sound mix, you can hear the oil snap and crackle a little bit. It made me hungry. I watched this before breakfast. I think it's a good idea because, you know, then I was able to make myself food after. But, uh, there's a lot of sensory stuff going on with this, and especially from the point of view of a character who is fasting for so long and for whom every little opportunity to get food presents themselves with this sort of restricted, like, not restricted, constricted, like, tightened, held back. There's a lot of repression going on in this thing. And especially when we're talking about religious cults and we're talking about human behavior and psychological behavior, especially when it comes to breaking a habit, all that stuff is kind of feeding into each other and really just, again, builds that tension, makes everything so much tighter than I think it need. Then, not that it needs to be, but it's so tight that it's almost, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say unbearable, but it's definitely felt. I felt it in this one. Uh, this is one of those movies that'll present multiple characters, mainly like Philippe is presented as just this misogynist teenage douchebag. And throughout the movie, there are these ebbs and flows where like the context and the perspectives with which I'm looking at his actions change based on how the movie is going down. Uh, there's no one in this movie that can really be trusted. Hell, not even Simi herself. Even though we're following her, there's always this feeling that I'm never really sure where they're going to roll. And maybe it's just the coming of age part of her impulsiveness and her desire to want to, I guess, be better and be more fit and be healthy. And because she respects and admires her aunt so much that she's particularly vulnerable to whatever words her aunt says and that can lead her down a path that's just very uh that gets dark it gets really dark it's kind of depressing uh, not really kind of it gets full-on depressing uh you know there's a lot to boil down in this one there's uh, some talk about just masculinity and I, there are some narrative things that i haven't white fully landed on as i'm thinking about this more it's mostly just like oh how does this continue if this is supposed to be a long-going thing based on the events of this movie how is that supposed to be long-going it's like little nitpicky things but for me they really are just nitpicks it's the again the package of the movie that i'm watching that really sells me on it I've been thinking a lot more about the religious philosophy behind the the use of pagan Germanic religions and the idea of the cycles, resurrection, rebirth, 
especially related to the hares and the runes and they're mentioning some sort of easter bonfire uh i don't know there's a lot of this stuff uh this religious imagery that's built up that sometimes feels kind of shoddily made sometimes feels kind of hodgepodge together but then when i also think about the character of Aunt claudia i'm also thinking that maybe that's how she's doing it maybe she is just doing a hodgepodge maybe she's just trying to figure out the best way to be the best you know religious person or spiritual person and nutritionist and all of this stuff is sort of coalescing together to build this this pretty cool package man i really did dig this and yeah if you're a fan of Ari Aster's films. If you're a fan of Hereditary, if you're a fan of Midsommar, uh, I think you'd really dig this. There's that kind of tone that... Uh, it, it It's in some scenes that it's a little cheeky and it's a little uh, out there and sort of... Um, what's it called? Not, not necessarily vague, but uh, there's a little bit of abstract... Uh, stuff going on in this thing i really do love kathleen's performance i mean as a debut performance she is so dialed in on every part of this character she can be a badass she can be so sweet and vulnerable that you just want to protect her she's uh definitely can be like the smart one she's the tough one she is so much there's so much that she's delivering in this and uh even with like facial expressions that can change at the drop of a hat and change so dramatically but so directly like god i loved watching her do this and especially in a horror genre where we this is a different kind of final girl to me it, it's definitely a final girl feeling, but I really think she's delivering a great, great, great performance. And again, Pia Hiaziga is just icy and sinister, and there's never a moment where I can fully trust her, but God, she is trying her damnedest to convince me that she can be trusted. Just, uh, it's such good drama that doesn't really force its hand it lets everything build to its fever pitch until it explodes and when it explodes that's the end of the movie that's it you're done and boom game over so the way the movies should be man i think the movies should ramp up get to its climax and we're done in and out like a like an old ass 80s movie you know but i think without going to spoilers because this thing just dropped and it doesn't it's just dropped so it doesn't have distribution yet i'm hoping it will whenever i learn more about when y'all are going to be able to see this thing i'm definitely going to come back and be like hey come watch this we'll talk spoilers and all this cool shit but for right now i will say whenever you guys get the chance to check out peter hengel's family dinner about a teenager who wants to lose weight goes to her aunt's house who's a famous nutritionist spends easter weekend there and find some fucked up shit i definitely recommend this one and i think it's you know it's good horror movie fodder so that's gonna be it thank you very much for listening to another episode of the movies and until uh, y'all can follow me y'all can follow me on twitter 
at the movies underscore pod. I've got some ideas for new shows, for new idea. I, I've got new ideas for the show, and I think I'm going to talk about a couple of them now. I've been talking to some folks, and so I'm going to spitball some ideas and see if you're into this. One of them being, I know for some movies that require, I don't really go into spoilers. So like if I were doing Spider-Man No Way Home, I don't necessarily want to put the spoilers at the end of the review because I don't want to be like, well, if you haven't seen the movie, then you can just skip to this part so you can hear the end of the video or, or the end of the episode. Or you can just click off right now or blah, blah. I don't really want to do that. I also don't want to make a separate spoiler episode. It just feels like too much. So what I'd like to do is start kind of doing spoilers on Twitter spaces. Since I'm on Twitter, that's my social media of choice, I'd like to kind of go live maybe once a week and talk with y'all maybe about spoilers regarding whatever movie I've covered. If I were to review something like Top Gun, I wouldn't do Top Gun spoilers here because I want whoever hasn't listened to Top Gun, whoever hasn't watched Top Gun Maverick to enjoy my review spoiler free but if you want to talk about the movie just as is then boom we can join on twitter spaces and just have a good time the second idea i have is regarding recommendations of my friend risa gave me this idea just today she's like well what if you know saying like oh if you liked this movie x you'll like movies y and z da da da, da. and that gave me the idea of I want y'all, and I'm going to try to do this, I guess, as a weekly thing too, in the comments on this post, I'm going to post it along with this episode when it comes out, uh, which as of right now I think is about an hour. It's nuts. Like I'm pretty sure the first people watching Family Dinner in New York are watching it as I'm talking right now. It's kind of rad. It's kind of weird. Festival stuff is weird. But whenever y'all see the post like, hey, send me... The movies, like if you love a movie, like let's say if you love a movie like Top Gun, and you just list Top Gun, like I want to know more movies that feel like Top Gun, that are maybe like cool action movies set in the air like Top Gun. Daniel, can you give me some recommendations? If I like this movie, what are two other movies you'll think I like? I like to make episodes for y'all. I like to if Risa or. If uh, my friends Cliff or Matt or Larry, if they want to leave a, a comment saying like, hey, I like this movie, can you recommend two more like it? In whatever tangential way, tangential way you think it's going to work, I would love to deliver that for y'all. So yeah, I'm going to put that post up, send me your recommendations, or not really recommendations, send me the movies that you want recommendations for, and I'll just do a straight up like, Maybe not like a full episode, maybe a mini episode. I'm not totally sure yet. I just want to find ways to kind of engage with y'all more and also expand my own cinematic, you know, landscape. Like if y'all start like telling me you like movies that I've never seen before, I'm going to have to watch those movies. And then I can build my little web of tying things together, maybe piecing them together. <laughs> Shout out to David Rosen. But uh, yeah, those are just little ideas, and I'm sorry for that little tangent at the very end, but I'm just too excited about those ideas not to just blurt them out all. Uh, I'd be a terrible, 
I'd be terrible working for Marvel Studios. I'd probably be in the Holland campus spoiling everything. But anyway, until next time, thank you very much for listening. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the movies underscore pod. And until next time, y'all take care. Yeah.